Chapter 2, verse 44, let's all stand together. Amen. Let's go to the throne of grace. That's God to help us tonight. Thank you for being in the Lord's house here this evening. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask Brother Gene, uh, would you lead us to the throne of grace, brother? Yes, Lord, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Amen. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people, but he shall break it in pieces Consume all these kingdoms, and ye shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then... Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors, adores unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of truth it is, that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, sin thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, and the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Ben to go over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. You can be seated. As we come to the close of chapter number 2, I want you to understand tonight we have just read to you the most important thing you will ever read in prophecy. Let me help you. One of the, one of the great dangers of the prophetic preaching and prophecy in men that give their lives in studying prophecy... I'm not against that. I think it's great. There are men much wiser than I will ever be. Um, and there are men that literally build their entire ministry around the arena of prophecy. But what makes it so dangerous is this, that we get so caught up in the details of prophecy that we miss the God of prophecy. Did you hear what I said? 
We get so caught up in the details of prophecy that we totally miss the God of prophecy. And may I remind you tonight, if we miss the God of prophecy, you missed the prophetic word God wanted you to get. We don't want to ever miss the God of prophecy. We can disagree on the different aspects of prophetic word. I mean, you can disagree on the details of prophetic word. But please get this. We cannot disagree on the God of prophetic word. Because in Daniel chapter number 2, he brings us down to the indestructible kingdom. You're going to find, first of all, the preparation for this kingdom. The Bible says, in the days of these kings. Now Daniel has done told us, as we see here, Daniel has done given us in our chart and in the literature that I've given you, Daniel, he came and he began, he told us about the Babylonian. As a matter of fact, when he wrote this, he was living in Babylon. It was a highlight of the, of the kingdom. Nothing could have been better. Everything, these other weren't even thought about. But we find the Bible says that Babylon was a starting point where God's made a world, uh, a world history confirms that there was a Babylon. Then the next three, the Medo-Persians represented by the chest of our, uh, silver. Then of course the Grecian by the belly and thighs of bronze. But then the Roman Empire, the legs of, of iron which was never destroyed. We, we, we seen that last week. How that uh, hooked on those legs is that, that blends in with it. There, there was a, a definite division here and here and here, but here one blends into the other. And even though uh, the Roman Empire as it was in that era is it imploded it never did truly die but notice in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom and that was in this era the Roman Empire you say well how, how do you know that Matthew 3 1 and 2 in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and said repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand see that kingdom of heaven he's talking about was being prepared in the Roman time, time slot if you will in the days of these kings this indestructible kingdom had started. Bible says Jesus proclaimed this in Mark 1. And after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So we need to understand. And he went on to say, and the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So the indestructible kingdom started here as Jesus came to earth and walked the streets of a Roman 
empire. But notice, the Bible tells us that this, not only the preparation for this kingdom, but the nature of this kingdom is going to be totally different. This indestructible kingdom that he's talking about is this stone that's cut out without hands. And it has the idea, notice verse 45, For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. Without hands means it's, it's not an ordinary kingdom. It's not going to follow the path of ordinary men. It's not going to be follow the path of... Um, uh, the hand was a, was a symbol of human strength. It's a symbol of, uh, of human um, work. Ecclesiastes writes that whatsoever the hand findeth to do, it's a, it's a symbol of work and labor. What he's saying is this. He's saying this indestructible kingdom is not going to be built on the hand of human beings. It will be without hands. Second, it'll start out small and then grow larger. Daniel 2.35 And the iron, then was the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and become like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and like the wind carried them away. No place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain became a great mountain and noticed and filled the whole earth. It's growing. It's getting bigger. This stone comes and I believe it will come during the time of after the rapture of the church. And when it comes, it will destroy all of these kingdoms, every single one of them. And one of the things that will happen is he'll start small, but then it just grows. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Notice in Matthew 13, 31, he puts forth a parable. Here's what I said. Another parable put he forth in them, saying, The kingdom of heaven... Now, what I want you to do is this. As you read your Bible, and I hope you read your Bible, as you read your Bible, especially through the Gospels, when you hear that statement, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, you ought to highlight it. You ought to underline it. If you don't write in your Bible, mark in your Bible, get you a notepad. Somehow or another, make note of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He's given you kingdom principles that's what's going to take place in that kingdom that come by the strong notice. Which in the, indeed, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed when a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. This indestructible kingdom starts small, but it's going to get bigger. Number three, the stone will smash all the Gentile governments. That's the truth. That's on the back of this. 
If you notice that stone hits that image, and in that image, again, I put that on that on the back for those of you that can't read. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you. And on the back of that, you'll find that stone hits that image. And it begins to crumble. This stone, when it hits this image, will literally, will literally smash every, every, every leadership, every country, every nation under the leadership of the Antichrist. Don't miss this. Hey, church, don't miss this. Me and you can argue about who the Antichrist is. It's not going to be important. Are you listening? It's not going to be important. You know why? There's a stone coming out of a mountain, not made with hands. And it is Jesus himself. And when he hits it, I don't care what his name is, it's going to wipe him out. It will literally wipe him out. We find here, under the leadership of the person, the Bible tells the Antichrist. See, the thing we need to understand is, he's going to destroy everything. The Bible says that literally when he hits, it'll be like the chaff in the wind. Now you and I, that's a little hard for us to grasp because we don't wait. If we did, we'd understand. What they would do, they would go out on the... At a, just a flat place. And they would take that wheat and they would just beat it with broom. You know, like you beat young, you know, just beat them with a broom or whatever and sticks and, and, and they would just beat them. And what they would do, they would take it and throw it up in the air and the wind would catch the lighter chaff and blow it to the side and the wheat being heavy would fall back literally it would just and the Bible says when this stone hits it's going to be like the chaff in the wind do you understand the power do you understand the power of this indestructible kingdom when it comes every building every monument every statue every stadium Stadium, every house, every uh, every monument built to man's ego, every everything built by human hands will become dust in the wind. The Lord said, "I'm going to establish this kingdom on earth." Now, Daniel says, "Again, it's not made with human hands." How's the ideal? It's going to be the final rebuke to secular humanism. Um, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be the last word. I, I, I was watching uh, uh, something the other day, and um, I think it was Evening News, and uh, they made a discovery. And they said, now, happened. And we can now prove with telescopes that, that these, these, all these, these great big old uh, uh, planets 
and all this kind of stuff. And he went on and they said, and I love this. I love this. They had this dude on there. And uh, he looks, looks smart, dumb as a box of rocks, but he looks smart. Here's what he said. He said, uh, he said now this is not going to do nothing to help our economy or get people back to work. But this, he said this is the greatest scientific discovery we've ever made. We can now prove that, that there is a, was a debris from the Big Bang. And I thought, man, you fell on your head. It was, it, it was almost hilarious how stupid it sounded. And, uh, but don't, 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 don't get too hung up with that. You know why? Because there's a kingdom coming. It's not a big bang, but it's going to be a big bang. When it hits, it's going to be a big bang. I mean, a bang like I ain't never seen before. And it's not made with human hands. I want you to get this. Oh, would you please get this? Our number one problem. Would anybody like to know what our number one problem is? Ourself. Us. We are. I, oh, we, we're good at blaming the devil. He don't do near as much as what we do to ourselves. He'll get us in near as much trouble as we do get ourselves into. Oh, I hate him. Blame him if you want to, but our biggest problem is us. And man has come to the place that he almost believes he's God. Roman 1 tells us about the fact when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, but became vain in their imagination and worshipped the creature over the Creator. Would you like to know what creature they're worshipping? Themselves. I'm God. I can decide anything I want to decide. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'll decide that. God says there's a kingdom coming not made with human hands. Second thing, I love this. Don't miss it. It's universal and it's eternal. It is universal and it's eternal. If you got, you said, well, I just tell you, I just, I, I, I'm just present against this. I hate to tell you this, but this kingdom, they're going to be all, they're going to be all colors in it. Amen. It ain't going to be the color of their skin. It's going to be if the blood of Jesus has been applied. Amen? And so it'll be universal. It will be immutable. What I mean by that is simply this. It won't change. It is a final kingdom. It's not going to be, let, it's not going to be up to us. It's going to be the final kingdom of God. Now here's the, here's the truth. And this is the truth of prophecy. That, that we're not careful. And, and, and there, there's, there's, there's a, such a draw to, to prophecy um, that there is. It's just people, people get intrigued with it. They get excited about it. That they want to know all the, the minute details. I mean, the, the beast has got three hairs and two toes. They want to know all the details. And I'm detail-oriented. I like details myself. I like to understand what I'm doing, but here's what you've got to understand is 
while they're busy doing all of that. They don't know the God of prophecy. They don't know the God of this indestructible kingdom. They don't know Him. They don't know Him. Just like some of you know church. But you don't know the God of church. You know the language. You know the right things to say. But you don't know the God of the church. Why? There's people knows more about this Bible than I do. Problem is, they don't know the God of the Bible. Many of you have been faithful to church all your life. And that's good. That's commendable. Praise God. Do you know that God? Do you know that God of that? I don't know. It's just been more real today than it's ever been. I know the God of prophecy. So I can get it wrong. Because I know who's done decided how it's going to go. It, it, did, did, did you get a text today? Did you get a phone call today? Did you get a letter from today from God asking you what you thought about it? But I did get a word from Him today to tell me what he thinks about it, number one. Don't miss, because this is the truth that I believe we got to have in all prophecy. If we lose sight of this, then I'm going to tell you something, you've lost it. Number one, don't miss this. History is not determined by earthly rulers, but by the hand of God. Every great ruler. We'll look when, after revival meeting. We're going to come back, and old Neb, he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to pull a stunt. Nebuchadnezzar's, he's going to pull a stunt and a half. You know why? Because he thinks he's something. He thinks he's the big boy on the block. He thinks I'm the top dog. He's going to do something. Or at least he thinks he is. Every great ruler thinks he's calling the shots. But Daniel 4, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. Psalm 75, 6 and 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is, ju- is the judge. He putteth down one, he setteth up another. What? The great Daniel, the great statue of Daniel chapter number two. If we don't get anything else, God was in the control of the flow of history. God didn't say, Wow, me no persons, what am I going to do with them? And man, I don't know what, what am I going to do? And he called me and said, man, I'm worried about Greece. What am I going to do with them? No, he's in charge of it. He's flowing the whole thing. You say, man, that just, you, you, you mean he's in control? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. So you think he determines people to go to hell? No, you do that all by yourself. 
But you don't have to. Because He's made a way that you don't have to. But He won't override your choices if you choose to go. But one thing about it, He made a way so you didn't have to go. But He's ordering this thing. He's ordering this thing. Don't you, don't you love this? You, I, was, I was in a line the other day, and there's somebody just to go to President Obama, and you know, I just said, Amen, Amen. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I mean, just giving him, you know, just really down the road. And, and uh, he looked at me, and I'd never met the man. And, and I, guess, I think he's a sign on my head that blinks, and nobody's seen it, it says, Preacher. He looked at me and said, Preacher, what do you think about that? I didn't know the man from Adam. I don't even know how he knew he was a preacher. And I looked at him, I said, Well, Doc, I said, it's kind of like his. I said, the God I serve in the Bible tells me God sets up kingdoms and God sets them down. And I said, if God don't want him there, he ain't going to be there. But if God wants him there, he's going to be there until he's done. And he looked at me and he said, Do you really believe that? I said, Yeah, I really believe that. And he just went on his way. So I don't know why. I don't want him. Just kind of... Now, do that means I like it? I don't mean I don't like I don't like it. <laughs> I'll have to agree with what he does. But I can tell you this much. Now, now, now some of you are going to get all tore up with me right now. But, but, don't, but don't. If God didn't want him there, he can line a bullet up for him in a heartbeat. Now, I'm not saying I wish he did. I'm not, I don't want anybody to die. Because I don't think the man's saved. I think the man's a Muslim. I think he's lost. He's a goose. And uh, I, I, think he's, I think he needs to be saved. I don't want anybody dying going to hell, even him. But I'm just simply saying, if God didn't want him there, he wouldn't be there. God, we've got to understand this. Now, if you're going to get a hold of this in your own personal life, you can realize that God has somebody for you to marry. God has somebody for you to date. Young people, God's got somebody for you to marry, and God's got somebody for you to date. You say, well, it didn't work out. You made a mess of it, not God. He had some... Just wouldn't wait on it. Just wouldn't wait on it. Some of us, we were so dumb. You say amen when I get done here. Some of us were so dumb that God said, I'm going to give you a perfect wife because you're just too dumb to get it by yourself. That's right. Are you listening? And it took me five years to figure out I had one. And I'm telling you, she's, she's a great woman. And it took me a long time to figure out Man, well, what did God gave me? And, and I'm glad He did because whenever I got her, I was, I was just like a whole lot of you. It, it's, my, just look around at some of these fellas. It's wonderful they got who they got. Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two. Even the most evil empires serve God's eternal purpose. Now, don't you listen to me. Nothing happens by accident. Everything I've read, the Roman, the Roman Empire was magnificent. 
you, you, you just, if you get your books, if, you, if some of you cut TV off, just read some. The Roman Empire was magnificent in its power, its strategies, and the way that thing started out being operated. Now, it, it, it turned bad. But I'm going to be honest with you. It was, it was brilliant. Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom was brilliant. But he's a cruel man. And uh, he didn't have any regard for human life. You say, how do you know? Well, they couldn't tell him a dream. He's going to kill the whole crowd. <laughs> I mean, he's going to kill everybody with no regard. And so, he was, a, he was a cruel man. All through the Word of God, God used pagan rulers to reveal His plan in human history. And that just, that just blows my mind. That blows my mind. As a matter of fact, I, and I, to this day, I still cannot wrap my mind around this. Why did God give the dream to Nebuchadnezzar? Why didn't He just give it to Daniel? And this is my conclusion. Daniel wasn't the king. Daniel didn't have the power to do anything with it. He's allowed Daniel to interpret it. But Nebuchadnezzar's a wicked, wicked king. And so God uses even the most, even the most evil empires to serve his eternal purpose. Number three. Oh, I would to God you get this. This one truth tonight could change every person in this room. This could change your world. The mightiest empires are but temporary. The mightiest. Babylon in its day was absolutely, was absolutely, you couldn't penetrate it. You couldn't penetrate it. As a matter of fact, the only way they did was to penetrate it. Euphrates River run through the city. And they had a big iron gate. And they guarded that gate. And what they would do on, the, on a certain night, on Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's great-grandson, he had a party, and they're drinking, and, they're, and he calls for the golden vessels out of the temple. And as they were pouring their liquor into that golden vessels, Belshazzar, he is so, he is so stinking proud, he has no guards at the gate. Everybody's at the party. I read one historian that said, and I can't verify this, but I thought it was interesting, that many of Belshazzar's closest advisors, the men closest to him, kept telling him, listen, we, 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 we believe that the, the, the Persians are going to attack, that we believe that they're pushing themselves to attack. And, and, he, and he pushed it off and he said, I can't get in. We're, we're, nobody can get in Babylon. We're great. We're mine. Nobody can. And the closest advisors said, listen, we need to guard. And yet he took the guards away. 
And so what they did was they just took and detoured the Euphrates rivers, dried it up, walked underneath the gate, walked straight in and took the kingdom. You know why? Because no matter how mighty the kingdom, they're just temporary. In its day, the Roman Empire was one of the most feared. Now, can I ask you a question? Why do we live? Now, I love you. Your voice is Wednesday night. It's a good cry for Wednesday night, too. I'm so glad you're here. Can I ask you a question? Why do we live our every day of our life like we're going to keep everything forever? We build our lives as if we're going to keep everything for we, we live our lives like we're going to live forever. You say, how do you know? Because when somebody's when it's time for them to step out of here, we, we fall all to pieces. We cry, we boo, and, and God said, I'll give you three score and ten. God says you're going to live to be seventy. If you get over 70, you're on borrowed time. God's been good to you. He's been blessed to you. And yet, when, when God takes it, we fall all to pieces. Why is that? Do you really think that these lives are permanent? We, we, we gain and we, we, everything we do as if our lives are going to live forever not, not realizing or at least making a thought that we live in a very temporal world. Uh, we're going to pray in just a minute. One of Kathy's friend's daughters, 17 years old, 17, admitted her into Levine's hospital in the morning with breast cancer. Breast cancer. 17 years old. And it's unreal. Un- unreal. Thing. See, uh, and we, we, we somehow or another, we, 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 never, we never stop to answer the most important question we'll ever answer. And it's the one thing we can't cure. They can cure a lot of things. That's one thing they can't cure. They can't cure dying. What happens when we die? Well, praise God, if you're saved, you'll be with the Lord. If not, then you don't. That brings me to the last point. Jesus Christ is the center of all history. His first coming changed the world. His second coming will bring history to its God-ordained end. Which leads me to say this. You know all the facts there is about history. You know all the... You know, I, I'm, I'm just... I'm going to tell you about... I read a whole lot of different books on prophecy. I, I will tell you this... I don't think none of us have it totally right. You know why? It's prophecy. We don't know how it's all going to play out. Exactly. But I do know this. It's going to play out exactly the way God wants it to. Now here's the question. What is your relationship with the rock of salvation? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the cornerstone. Isn't that interesting? Cornerstone. And it's a stone that came cut without hands. Is he the rock of your salvation? 
You know, I've heard it said, he's either the rock of stumbling, the rock of offense, or he's the rock of salvation. And when we build our life on him, you'll never be disappointed. Never. And if we build our, all of our days building only for this world, one day we'll discover that all we have done has counted for nothing. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what I've done for Christ will last. The world is crumbling and soon going to be gone. God help us to build for eternity. So I'll stand